Hello, everyone, and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Tuesday, September 6th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending September 2nd, 2022. In economic news, employment in the U.S. outpaced pre-pandemic levels with an additional 315,000 payrolls added in August from a month earlier, pushing total employment to 152.744 million, representing 240,000 jobs more than in February 2020. Strong labor market continues to add uncertainty as to the Federal Reserve's response to inflation. August Consumer Price Index is set to be released next Tuesday, September 13th. Turning to the auto industry, August new vehicle sales predictions continue to fluctuate as supply constraints make it difficult to pinpoint how sales will shake out in the coming months. TrueCar estimates that new vehicle sales will reach 1.15 million units in August, up 9% year-over-year and up 0.6% month-over-month when adjusted for the same number of selling days. Cox Automotive forecasts that we discussed last week, however, PEG's August sales volume will land at 1.14 million units, a decrease of 0.3% compared with July, but up 3.6% year-over-year, factoring one more selling day than August 2021. Looking at both predictions, the new vehicle that New vehicle SAR is estimated to land around 13 million units in August. In auto finance, Pentagon Federal Credit Union closed the lender's first ever auto ABS deal, a $460 million transaction backed by direct prime auto loans on August 29th. PenFed plans to leverage securitization to further diversify liquidity and funding options adding additional protections for its members. In other news this week, Carvana is facing a class action lawsuit on behalf of Carvana investors who allege that the company was not forthcoming about ongoing documentation and titling issues with its vehicles. Ahead of the suit, Carvana was barred from selling in Illinois in both May and July following multiple complaints related to title transfers. Carvana was not the only auto lender to face legal action in recent weeks. Investors are suing Santander Holdings USA and its parent company, Madrid-based Banco Santander, following the bank's acquisition of Santander Consumer USA in the beginning of the year, claiming the deal was unfair to SKUs's minority stockholders. Also this month, Carvana expanded this week, excuse me, Carvana expanded its cosign offering in parts of Georgia. North Carolina, Ohio, while Tricolor Auto Acceptance opened its first standalone reconditioning facility in efforts to serve low, lower income populations. On another note, current market conditions can prompt lenders to change their policies to offset potential losses related to dealer interest rate markups. Amanda, what's going on there? Sure. Um, so we know with the current landscape, dealers' profitability has just been soaring really for the past little over a year, really, um, because supply has been so tight. Cars have been, you know, priced higher. They're making more money per vehicle than they have pretty much ever and record levels of profitability. Just because there's not as many cars on lots, there's not as many incentives out there. And 
with interest rates the way they are, dealers have always been allowed to mark up interest rates over, say, a minimum that the their lending partners want to have. So they will mark up their in interest rates um, on on the sales off of their lot or through the dealership. However, they they may sell the vehicle. And they'll make some extra profitability on the interest side of things as well. Well, we know right now consumers are shopping based on monthly payment, probably even more than they have in the past, just because vehicle prices have gotten to such a crazy high level. So right now, dealers are still marking up interest rates on auto loans by about 3%. It's fairly high. Um, but more people are potentially looking at refinancing their vehicle to get a lower interest rate. And so what that really kind of boils down to is lenders basically pay out that built-in extra profitability for that dealer markup when they fund the auto loan for the dealer. So they're paying that extra, what they think is going to be paid out, which normally benefits heavily on the dealer side, but sometimes the lenders profit a little bit as well. But they're mainly doing this for their dealer partners, right? They're making sure their dealer partners make some good profit on these loans. But when they front that extra profit. And then if consumers refinance and basically end that transaction before the five years or whatever they would normally finance the vehicle purchase for, that extra money will never be seen, even though the lender has already paid that out to the dealer. So that's a loss that the lender is going to take. Now, this does have some you know, historical pieces to this back in 9-11 um, you know, lenders had what was called a chargeback provision that went across the entire life of the loan. So no matter when a consumer ended the transaction, even by paying the loan off early, refinancing the vehicle, trading in the vehicle, what have you, lenders could then go back and say, we did not realize this extra profit we paid out. You need to pay us back. The dealer would need to pay us back the difference. Um, just long story short, <laughs> dealers really fought back against that. Back in 9-11, there was a lot of 0% APR deals. They lost a ton of money. Dealers really were hit very hard. Some were even out of business because of those chargeback provisions. Lenders change their policies. They allow chargeback provisions to fall off after a certain number of payments. Say it's two to three consumer payments. Now your the provisions no longer part of this loan. If they if a consumer pays it off early, we'll just eat that extra. It's not a big deal. Um, this wasn't happening a ton, so lenders really weren't feeling any pain from this until now. So now it's kind of the opposite side of things where lenders are possibly on the hook for. I mean, you think about how much this is per transaction and how many transactions these lenders are financing on a daily basis. I mean, we're talking about thousands per transaction and then thousands of transactions. So we're talking about millions, billions of dollars in losses. So now lenders are having to possibly look at bringing back either dealer chargeback provisions for the life of the loan, which could put the hook on dealers to potentially pay out you know, thousands of dollars per transaction if consumers do refinance, which we think is going to go up because more people, more really just more free finance companies are coming on board too and noticing that that's a really big area of business. Um, or lenders could say, you know, limit dealer markups. So that's another way that dealers might be impacted is they just may not be able to mark up as much and might not be able to get as much profit on the front end. Um, but, you know, we just might kind of have to see how lenders handle this going forward. But those are some of the immediate changes. Um, and I say immediate just as in the scope of finance world. So it's not going to be that quick. It has to be, you know, when a great number of lenders feel the pressure to do this and kind of come together and decide as an industry to make these changes. Um, but it's definitely coming. It's everyone kind of agrees that, you know, they're definitely going to be on the hook for a lot of losses coming forward as more people refinance. 
So it's something that's definitely down the pipeline and we'll just kind of have to see, you know, at what lenders do. More well-funded lenders too might jump in and, and take advantage of some of this refinance that's out there. So it could hurt smaller lenders, you know, more so because then they're the ones on the hook for all the profit lost when some other big lender comes in and refinances that purchase for the consumer, gives them a way better rate because they can afford it. And then all of a sudden, all these loans are are basically ended um, in that transaction. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and it definitely seems like something that could kind of change up the dealer-lender relationship and, and landscape a little bit. But it's not something that will happen like next week. So. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that None of this is happening yet, but we could have a cascading effect, rising interest rates, like you said, funnels to higher uh, refinance volume, funnels into more, um, you know, losses for lenders on those dealer advances or participation rate or whatever you want to call it, um, dealer markup, and then, um, like you said, an increase um, or a limitation on you know the 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 rate at which dealers can mark up those those interest rates or you know in a revitalization, if you will, of chargeback provisions. So it's it's definitely an incredibly interesting dynamic um, that we'll have to pay attention to, and yet just another sort of indication of how uncertain things are right now and in how many different ways this sort of you know kind of wave or ripple effect from over the last two years are still playing out in the industry so we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that uh going forward that about does it for our episode today thanks for joining us on the roadmap and make sure to follow us on twitter and linkedin and as a reminder please join us for the power sports finance summit and the auto finance summit in vegas in october uh you can learn more and register online at powersportsfinance.com and autofinancesummit.com uh we will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time